You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple, the podcast that celebrates the cultural connections between the UK and New York. I'm your host, British diplomat, Hannah Young. Will Butler Adams is the CEO of Brompton Bikes. His company design, produce and distributes over 100,000 folding bikes each year from their UK factory. Even in the current economic climate, they are enjoying exponential growth and are looking to increase their US following including through their first shop, the Brompton Junction in downtown New York. Brompton operates in a similar way to specialist car manifests, working tirelessly on both the small mechanical details, as well as the big ideas, like a smart battery powered model. They also launch new colors. The Union Jack bike was one of my favorites and offer customized options. Alongside his Brompton mission, Will is one of the champions of the Make It in Great Britain campaign and is also a trustee of Speakers for Schools. He believes very much in the UK as a centre of manufacturing excellence and argues that with investment and encouragement, our export market can produce real growth. His own overseas customers account for 70% of sales. Will is also a fellow of the Royal Geographical Society, an explorer and pilot, and very keen on his vegetable patch. Will, welcome to Brits and the Big Apple. Thanks for inviting me along. I wonder if you could kick off by telling us how you came to be the CEO of Brompton. Like most people who were uh, uh, learning about life, didn't know what I wanted to do. Ended up doing engineering in Newcastle, then thought I was going to go and do an amazing job in Argentina with my single application that never quite worked out. Found myself in Middlesbrough running chemical plants, which wasn't what I had imagined. But actually, I had the most brilliant time in the borough. Um, was given ludicrous responsibility, um, looking after very difficult engineering challenges. But after six years, I'd pretty much done my time there. And I was thinking, next chapter, what am I going to do? thought I'd better do an MBA. I was 28, thinking of going to INSEAD. But my CV was a tiddly bit boring. And in amongst all of this, I met a guy on a bus, one of whose friend had invented this bike called the Brompton I'd never heard of when I was in London. And he found out I was an engineer and he said, oh, you've got to come and meet my friend. I'm sure you can help him. So I booked a train back down to from Middlesbrough to London, met Andrew Ritchie, who was the inventor of the Brompton, looked around his factory. And I thought, oh, my word, this is like the 1930s, 40s, 50s. I mean, wow. And thought, great, I'm going to help this guy and do that for a couple of years and then go and do my MBA. And that was 20 years ago. That's amazing. And... Tell me a bit more about what a Brompton bike is, including from a manufacturing perspective, actually, because yeah. I think that's that's really important. So the Brompton is a little sort of pocket of freedom and happiness. And funnily enough, I went to work for Brompton because of the engineering. The reason I'm there is because of the bike and what it does for your life and what it's done for many hundreds of thousands of our customers. And actually living in a city could be quite claustrophobic, quite intimidating. And you get on a bike and you have this sense of freedom and fun and you get to know the city and you get to know the parks and the canals and the back streets and the funky little cafes that aren't on the main drag. And yeah, it's, it's been magnificent. Making it is hard because we're trying to make something that lasts a very long time that is extremely reliable and very light but it needs to be strong stiff and 
be with you in 10, 20 years after you bought it. Those things are pulling against each other. So getting it just at the right place is difficult, but the technology that exists in the world has been moving so fast with 3D printing, very smart computers. It's allowed us to refine and optimize the diet design hugely over the last 20 years. Tell us a bit more about what constitutes the actual bike. So it's a folding bike, yes. which I guess is is the key part of yes. the brand. So if, if you if you think about the most simplistic folding bike, you might have a hinge in the middle and it folds in half. Um, but that's not so handy because it isn't actually that small. It's still pretty big. It's a bit ungainly. It'll If you let go, it'll fall over. Band came up with a design, it's what, what, what's sort of called a compact folder. And one half of the back folds in, the front wheel folds around, the handlebars flip down, the seat pillar comes down, locks it all together. And basically you've got like a mini briefcase, which really is pretty small and pretty light. And you take it with you everywhere. It's like a Swiss army knife of bikes. When you don't want it, it's not there. And when you want it, boom, 10 seconds, and you're just flying down Madison Avenue, um, whizzing around Manhattan, catching up with your friends. An amazing design. And um, I love my Bronson bike. And as you say, it's it's such a versatile model. And I think part of its appeal in the UK has been the, the, the fact that you can commute with the bike. And you can't really take normal bikes on trains during peak hours, but you can take your Brompton. How much has that been part of the, the kind of lifestyle around the brand of the bike? So commuting is definitely part of it, but it's 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 its flexibility really, which is its amazing trick because most of our customers actually in London, and we've got about 170,000 Bromptons in and around London, are actually people just live in a flat. And most people do not live in houses. Funnily enough, in cities, they live in flats. Where on earth do you put your bike? And you have to put it somewhere and it's just up to go and find it, or it's in the back of the terraced house and you have to drag it through. So having something that's just there at the door and you can pick it up as you leave and off you go. When you get somewhere, what do you do with your bike? Do you want to leave it outside? It might get nicked. This thing, you can fold it up and you can take it and just go under the desk or by your, you know, in a, in a bar. And then if you go to work and it's sunny, but then come the evening, the weather's changed and it's awful. You're like, oh my God, I don't fancy that. You can jump, chuck it in the back of an Uber. You can jump on a subway. So it's just super flexible. And you know, you don't need to be some purist, hardcore cyclist. You just find it just pops into your life and allows you to have some fun when it's glorious and the weather's fantastic and you feel like it. And when you don't, you don't use it. But that positive bit means suddenly you're doing 20, 30, 40, 50 miles a week and it makes you feel good. And that's my experience of a bike. I use it to cycle down to pick up my kids from school and then I fold it up and I take them back on the bus. Yeah, perfect. It's, it works really, really well. And I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about the journey of the design of the bike. And, and you're now at the point where you're offering e-bikes. Uh, I mentioned in my introduction, the smart battery powered model. Uh, you've also got a new, very, very lightweight mm -hmm. lithium bike. Um, can you tell me a bit more about the transition over the 20 plus years you've, you've been overseeing it? So when I joined, Andrew had done all the hard work. He was the inventor that no one believed in. He had all the knockbacks, 13 years of ridicule and laughter, and no one would back him. He had to do it himself. I mean, proper nasty journey, determined. But when I got there, we had a business turning over about 1.7 million pounds. There are about 30 people. The business was there, but no one knew about us. 
and we were very 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 niche and so my role in the last 20 years has been to to, to build on what andrew created and fundamentally the di design hasn't changed but the ability to use technology to, to to take that design and give it more capability and also distribution we now as you say we're exporting 75 percent to 47 countries around the world and we're selling through 1500 shops so managing that on a global scale is a lot of fun but it isn't straightforward the, the, the key bit is to try and just keep optimizing we have a tendency today to buy stuff and then chuck it away and then the new next best thing turns up and then we chuck that away and the new next best thing turns up we have a real global challenge in the form of climate change and that's affecting the environment and how we live i mean we've had subways in New York that have flooded. This is not a joke. This is serious. We need to consume less. We need to think about what, what we're consuming. That's what we eat, but it's also what we buy. And I think we've always had a philosophy at Brompton of creating something that is built to last, that we have bikes that are 30 years old. The customer can get the spare part and they can keep their bike on the road and they can continue to enjoy it. And if they do decide that they don't need it anymore, or they do want to change to the electric, or they want to go for the super light, they can sell it and somebody else can take it for its next chapter of its life. Mm. And, and that care and that philosophy of designing something that's built to last, it takes longer. You can't just sort of go with fashion. You need to think about deep engineering. You need to invest in how you make it the care in which you make it to deliver something that really really lasts but it gives you a sense of satisfaction and then our customers love their bikes they've they've taken their kids on adventures they've been on adventures they've had their bike for 10 years 15 years it's like a friend mm. and that's how you build a brand you you don't build a brand with fancy logos and you know the latest you know funky imagery you build a brand by creating something that makes somebody's life better. I mean, I actually think you make people's lives better and you also give them a funky design. So well done, because I think you've managed to crack both of those things. So what you're saying is that not only is Brompton a helpful way of getting from A to B, it's actually part of a broader lifestyle and, and it's part of people wanting to live healthier, more sustainable lives. Yeah, I think I think that's true. and mostly you need something that is useful I mean, we're, we're very proud to be british we're proud that we're sustainable we're proud of how we do our best to look after our staff but nobody's going to buy the product because it's sustainable they're going to buy the product because the product is relevant and useful in their life they'll grow to love the brand and love the product even more when they discover as they get to know the, the company and they look under the uh, in a bit more detail that actually the company cares about the environment is trying to do its bit with sustainability and cares about its staff and i think as globally we are facing more and more challenges the consumer is going to be more demanding if the consumer finds that there's a company that's just all greenwash or they say one thing and suddenly you know that they've got some amazing sort of fantastic campaign but then they look in the supply chain and there's some things going on that don't add up the consumer is just not going to spend their money with companies that don't have integrity. And historically, the company's role was to deliver value to shareholders at any cost. And, and that has just gone. 
that the role of, of, of business is to, to ensure that they are sustainable and that they have investors and that the investors get a return on their investment. That, that's fair enough. But they need to do that in parallel with looking after the environment and the society. And if they do, don't do those other two, they won't have customers. You talk about your um, following and it really does feel like it's part of a you're part of a club when you're a Brompton owner and you've had celebrities and politicians ride your bikes. Can you talk to me a little bit about that side of things and the marketing side and the importance of, of your kind of customer base as part of the brand? Again, it comes back to luck, but I happened to find myself joining Brompton in 2002, just as social media was just beginning to take off. Andrew, the founder, he was not interested in marketing. He was hardly even interested in the customer. He was interested in making an amazing product that was useful to him. It just so happened that lots of other people found it useful too. He always cared about product and the life of the product. So it's not like you sell it and then you want to the next customer. When you sell a product, when we sell a Brompton, that's the beginning of a journey and a relationship for the next 20 or 30 years. And looking after that customer through the life of the product is really important to us. And that is a bit of an old school philosophy. But at the time when social media was taking off, what suddenly happened was Word of mouth, which has been around for thousands of years, suddenly moved from your family and a few people at work to we had people in America who were telling stories that were being picked up in Japan because we cared about the product and effectively our customers became our marketing. And they, this bike changed their life. And there are so many products that overpromise and under deliver. When you as a customer get something that under promises and over delivers you're like oh my god i got to, you know i need to tell people and that's what's happened and we and it, and suddenly the telling was global and that more than anything else that has been our focus our focus hasn't been on the marketing or the brand building it's been on the product and looking after the customers we have and they've done the rest for us that's a really powerful approach actually and um who, who have you been most excited about getting on brompton's to be honest, my greatest pleasure is just chatting to somebody at a traffic light. It's not a celebrity. They don't know, they know who I am. I chatted to a guy yesterday. Um, he, he'd had his Brompton for nine years. He added bits and bobs to it. He had some funny little holder. He just loved it. And I was just asking about it randomly. And, you know, that is just it is insanely pleasurable uh, to see people riding our bike and, and just for them to be getting on with it and, and, and enjoying their lives. And, and, and I'm just another guy on a Brompton asking them a few questions. And you're here in New York. You've got big plans for the US. Tell us a little bit more about what those look like. So we, like so many of us, have been through a fairly challenging couple of years. It has been emotionally challenging but commercially incredibly challenging because of supply chain logistics and all the other things that we've been through i mean i sat down with 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 my team after the first lockdown in the uk and we had a bit of a sort of epiphany that cities across the world were tasting what life could be like that that there has been a tragedy of of covid but it has had some opportunity to make us rethink and when cities locked down, communities had their first experience in two generations of what living in a city could be like without the car, without that permanent sort of somewhat fear and pollution 
that has come with a car that we've just accepted as normal, but why? And that enlightenment uh, from communities in cities where suddenly they sort of came out from the sidewalk and, 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 and sort of the space was theirs for the first time was really poignant. And we felt as an organization that this was a tipping point globally. So we decided, and we are fairly British and a bit conservative, that we were gonna like, we've been saving our pennies. If now isn't the time to go for it, when will it ever be? So we, we have set about and really are investing for growth. And we see the opportunity in the US to be significant. Uh, you know, there's such a tradition of, you know, the automobile, the great big truck ute and the, the weddedness to the car. But that is changing in the US and it's changing at speed mm. because people are realizing that they can't carry on the way they have. And there is actually a better, healthier, happier way of living in cities. And, and the bicycle, which has been sort of forgotten about for 50 years, it's still the most efficient mode of transport ever invented. We don't need a 2000 kilo Tesla to carry a person about. We do it on a little bicycle. And guess what? You do a bit of exercise, you have wind in your hair, and it makes you feel good. It's good for your, 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 your soul. That is happening across America. And so we're investing in our team and our capability. We're focusing. We're not big enough to take on America. America is a very, very big place. But we can start with cities and really focus our energy. And our, our, we have our store in Greenwich Village, and we're focusing on New York. And next step is to, uh, to get a footprint in the West Coast, in LA, and if we can really focus on two really very different, but, but very iconic cities in the US and, and learn how to engage with communities, how to uh, approach um, different parts of society and, and show them how this bike could make their life better and succeed, then we have the confidence to take the next step and the next step and the next step. Brompton is, I'm a great fan of Warren Buffett and compound growth. And there was a great industrialist, American industrialist, who said it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. And I think that's our approach. But you have to have the commitment and the investment up front to make that happen. Mm. And it feels like it's, as you say, exactly the right time to be growing in, in the US. And, and New York is such a, an obvious city for that with the investment in cycle lanes uh, and you know and increasing numbers of people both commuting into the city but also trying to get around particularly with traffic being mm. so awful continually awful and you've got your junction as you say down on Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village mm. do you have any other initiatives coming down the track that the Brompton is counterintuitive you look at it when it's folded and it, 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 it's, it, it doesn't tell you what it is. And you're like, what is that? Oh, it's a bicycle. And suddenly it goes, Badoom! 10 seconds, gosh. And, and, and then, you know, but it's got these funny little wheels. I mean, is that really going to work? And, you know, and it's not given away, you know. So actually there's, there's work to be done. It's, 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 you have to get people to experience it. So one thing, initiative that we're bringing from the UK is, 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 a, is a, an initiative where people can effectively take the bike and take it for a week, take it for a Great. month, take it 
and, and they really experience it. We don't want to sell something to somebody who doesn't need it. There's already too much of that going on. And people buy stuff and in the, in the moment and then find that they're taking it down to the secondhand store. It, it goes in a dump. What, but, but there are many people who would love this bike if only they knew what value it adds to their life. So giving people the opportunity to take a bike and take it home and you know, do the run with, to the kid to pick up the kids or, or try the commute and see what it's like. So we're, 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 as, as we're hitting bike month this month, we've got initiatives coming out of our store. We're, we're also doing some fun work with the Brooklyn Roasting Company. So there will be some fun ideas and some some fun opportunities for people to get on a Brompton and give it a try. Amazing. Coffee and bikes, it's a perfect combination. Uh, and I mentioned uh, in my introduction of you that you, you have some really exciting hobbies outside of being the CEO of Brompton. Can you tell me a little bit more about you still a pilot? Have you still got a pilot's license? And yes. So, uh, I mean, you know, we all had we did more madder things when we were younger and I used to do a fair few expeditions, nearly copped it in the Amazon. Wow. Um, got my toes, got a bit frozen up a mountain in an Argentina called Acacagua. Um, and then uh, when I was at uni, I uh, met a friend who I couldn't believe in Freshers Week that she was a pilot. She was from Zimbabwe and she was a pilot. So the next thing I knew, me and a friend, we, we took a student loan and went to Zimbabwe and learned to fly planes in what were quite rickety. We had to occasionally put um, a bit of cloth in the hole in the wing to get these things back to where we were, where we were learning to fly. But yeah, so I've, I've had some fun. Gosh, so adventure is also a big part of your part of your life as well absolutely and, and life is an adventure and when it stops being an adventure you know you want to worry because we've got to keep taking risk we've got to keep um being out of our comfort zone and pushing boundaries because we're here for a short period of time and we need to add value and not accept the status quo and therefore you know my team who are doing the work I, i'm no longer doing the work i'm just wandering around doing podcasts and mm. going to dinners but I want to give my team the confidence to make mistakes, to try stuff, to, 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 to challenge the status quo. And, and we won't get where we need to get to if we just sit back and accept the day to day. And, and, and that means I need you have to speak to some of, of my staff. But, you know, life in Brompton is a bit of an adventure, but at least it makes it fun. Hear, hear. And you've got a book coming out later this year. Tell well, me a bit about that. I'm slightly embarrassed about anything to do with literature because I'm an engineer and I'm basically illiterate. Actually, I've had the incredible help with a chap called Dan Davis because I am technically illiterate, unlike um, other people who write books who pretend they've written them when somebody else has helped them. This is written by Dan and I. Uh, I did the speaking, he did the writing. But I just wanted to, to try and tell a story of Brompton because... Um, we've sort of forgotten how to make things. And when you make something, it's very rewarding. And it's, it, you can see what you're doing. And I found increasingly with Brompton that, that they're just the talent in the UK is shying away from making, from creation, from innovation. And great brains have been sucked into banking and lawyers 
and no disrespect to them, but it's not nearly as much fun. And that's not going to solve the world's problems. We need the brains to come up with new ideas. And, and so I want to just tell people what fun it is and how interesting it is. And then you've got to communicate. We've built a brand and we haven't built a brand with lots of money and some VC funding and splattering, you know, over-exaggerated claims all over every magazine that just do my head in. We, we, we've built a brand over time by looking after our customers. And finally, every business has a responsibility to help solve the world's problems. You, you, you have to, we have to contribute to solving them. So changing the world and making it a little bit better is really important. And if business doesn't have purpose, I think it, it, it will cease to be relevant to society. Very profound. Good luck with the book launch. Well, Butler Adams, thank you very much for coming on Brits in the Big Apple. My pleasure. You're listening to Brits in the Big Apple, brought to you by the British Consulate in New York. If you'd like to hear more about the work of the British Consulate, please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at UK in New York. Thank you for listening.